It's almost the finish line. Just a little more. Come on, Bolt. We can make it. Yes, yes, we've done it again. So, as you can see, the winner was me, Matilda, along with my horse, the Heroic Bolt. This is our third win in a row already. Woohoo! It may only be a small hometown race with a modest prize, but it's still gonna go a long way in supporting my grandparents' farm. Now it's time for this guy to rest. Good boy, Bolt. You did amazing out there. A 16-hand stallion, healthy, glossy coat, and a well-mannered temperament. Jeez, the horse dealers even follow me home now? I took a handful of hay, spun around, and hurled it at him. Go away! I don't want your stinking money. Bolt is not for sale. Right at that moment, my grandpa appeared. Matilda, that is no way to speak to our guest of honor. I apologize for my granddaughter's behavior. She's a firecracker at times. Teenagers, you know? Anyway, it's dinner time. Please join us for a home-cooked meal right this way. Huh? Guest of honor? Who could he be? Oh my god. It turns out the man was none other than Mr. Allen, the chairman of Allsteller Incorp, the annual sponsor of my family's farm. I turned beet red and apologized profusely for being so rude to him. No problem, kiddo. I like your spirit. I thought it'd be a good idea to check out the farm I'm sponsoring, and I stumbled upon the racing tournament. Oh boy, you sure can race, can't you, girl? Not many can handle a wet track at that speed. We have our reservations about her, skipping school and competing in such dangerous races. But Matilda's insistent that she was a part of this family, so it's her responsibility to help us, her only remaining relatives. Mr. Allen gave me this thoughtful look, then said, How about this? The annual sponsorship for your grandparents' farm stays the same, and on top of that, you can move in with me and have a proper education. Did I hear him right? I gasped. But, but who will take care of my grandparents? Sweetie, we still have our health. We can run this place just fine. That's right, Maddie. Take your chance. Opportunities like this don't come twice. But what about Bolt? I can't go without him. Bring him along. I have a small horse farm where he can stay. You can help around the stables, and we can call it payment for your school fees, alright? Well, I guess that's settled then. Yay! One week later, Mr. Allen sent his driver to pick me up, and the new chapter of my life started from here. Wait, oh my god, this can't be it! Mr. Allen said it was a small horse farm, but this place, it's enormous! As soon as I stepped out of the car, a girl my age rushed over and hugged me. Matilda, you're finally here! I'm your new sister, Judy. I greeted her back with the widest smile. She seemed so sweet. She led me over to the front porch where Mr. Allen and a woman were waiting for me. It must be my new mom, but why was she giving me such a strange look? Before I could even introduce myself, she turned and walked into the house. Hmm, maybe she wasn't feeling very well? That evening, I dined on a lavish meal. We chatted lots and the Allens seemed fascinated by my childhood life at the farm. Especially Judy with her 10,000 questions. <laughs> Sis, so, um, is it true that you have never seen your parents? Yeah. My father passed away in an accident before I was born, and my mom also left me when I was an infant. On hearing that, Judy gently comforted me while Mr. Allen smiled and said, Now, besides your grandparents, you also have us, your second family. You got a sister, a new dad here, and also your caring mom. Right, darling? Mrs. Allen flinched and dropped her fork. I immediately leaned over to ask, Mom, are you okay? But to my surprise, she just yelled at me. Don't call me that! 
Feeling flustered, I stared down at my plate. Had I done something wrong? Over the following days, I tried my best to get closer to mom, but I was always met with coldness in return. One time, seeing Mrs. Allen was resting outside, I brought her an iced coffee. But as soon as she saw me coming over, she placed her hat over her face pretending to be asleep. On another occasion, I complimented her dress but she just studied at me, then walked away. I really wanted her to like me but it was useless, she clearly detested me. <sighs> but at least I still have Judy and dad by my side. Judy tried reassuring me that mom was a good person and that she just needed a little more time to get to know me better. As for dad, not only did he send me to a top school, but he also encouraged me to follow my passion. All the afternoons when I got to watch horse racing and bet on the winning horse with dad were so much fun. And as I watched the horses gallop past, a thought crossed my mind. What if Bolt and I were the one on that track, winning the race and bringing back the huge prize money for my grandparents? I couldn't stop thinking about this. So one time, on the way back home from a race, I asked my dad if I could compete. And he didn't even hesitate to reply. Why not? You do have a talent. How about give it a go? Oh god, this was so exciting! My foster dad was the best and I couldn't wait to give this my all and make him proud. After that, he immediately got me a personal coach and a dedicated team of trainers and groomers for Bolt. I'd never felt so happy and Bolt had never looked so good. Everything was great, except that Mrs. Allen still seemed to have an issue with me. Every time I packed for practice, she always frowned and muttered stuff under her breath. Maybe she's irritated about the fact that an adopted child like me was receiving much more than I deserved, or something. But anyway, whether she liked it or not, with my talent, I'll quickly rise to be a brilliant rookie. One morning after practice, Judy came up to me and said, Matilda, can you teach me how to ride a horse? Uh, it might be a little scary for a first-timer. Are you sure you want to try? Yes, please. If I know how to ride, I can spend more time with Dad just like you do. I looked at her angelic, hopeful face. How could I say no? So I helped her onto Bolt and taught her how to hold the reins and do a few commands. It went smoothly at first, but suddenly Mrs. Ellen came out of nowhere and shouted, What are you doing? Judy, come down right now. Startled, Judy misjudged her movements and tumbled off Bolt. As we both rushed over to check on her, Mrs. Allen pushed me aside, which caused me to fall onto my butt. Do you know how important legs are to a ballet dancer? Are you intent on ruining her future? Before I could reply, she shouted, What an incompetent kid! Get out of my sight! Ugh, it was just a few scratches and bruises. Why was she so serious about it? And incompetent? Huh, fine. I'd show her what an incompetent kid can do. From then on, I got my head in the game and continuously won several small and medium prizes. I sent most of my winnings to help out my grandparents and kept the rest to treat Judy and myself to something nice. One day after dinner, Dad called me into his office and told me that the two biggest races of the year, the Grand Shields and the Royal Silver Ford, were coming up in two weeks and he'd already signed me and Bolt up for them. But the two races were only one week apart. That would be too much for Bolt, cause the latest race seemed to wear him out. I mentioned this to Dad, but he was adamant that Bolt would be able to manage it. I didn't want to let Dad down, but I didn't want to hurt Bolt either. I needed time to think about it. As I left the room, I gave a petrified jump. 
There, in front of me, was a stone-faced Mrs. Allen. She grabbed my arm and yanked me into another room. You can't compete in the races. These are different from your usual amateur events. You're not good enough, and you'll only embarrass our family. Were you eavesdropping on my conversation with Dad? Listen, you're not my mother, so you can't tell me what to do. I will surely join it. Then I stormed out of there. Early in the morning of the first race, I was going to the stables to check on Bolt when it caught one, two of Mrs. Allen's servants sneaking out of there. Hmm, what were they doing here? I went to investigate and... Huh? This is not Bolt! What has Mrs. Allen done to my horse? Right at that moment, Mr. Allen walked in with the vet. I told him what I'd just seen and he muttered out, That woman dares to get in my way, huh? I'll make sure she'll pay for it this time. Then he turned to me and said, Leave it to me, I'll find Bolt. Go get some rest and prepare yourself for the race. I'd never seen him this stern before, so I just nodded in concern. Despite all the drama, I still managed to bring home the Grand Shields Championship title. It's amazing, right? However, I couldn't fully enjoy the victory as one thing was still lingering on my mind. Mrs. Allen has been absent for the last four days. Could it be that dad has done something to her? Hey, Judy, did Mrs. Allen say she was going somewhere? Dad told me that mom's been so stressed lately, so he arranged for her to go to Aunt Anna's villa to rest. Oh, it seemed like what dad said at that time was just an expression of anger. Huh, <sighs> at least I had one less thing to worry about. You see, my main concern at the moment is Bolt, as his health has clearly deteriorated since the previous race. The vet says he's doing fine, but through Bolt's heavy breathing, I know something isn't right. A week passed by and the day of the second tournament finally arrived. While the vet was checking on Bolt before the race, Dad suddenly pulled me outside. We must win today's match. I expect a lot from you. I had a bad feeling about this somehow, but I still nodded and assured him that I would do my best. The race was about to begin. Everything's in check. I'm ready for it. But wait. Why does Judy look so flustered? Maddie, mom was not on a trip. The storage room. Dad locked her there because she found out what he was up to. He's doping Bolt. What is she talking about? Could it be that the vet who came in earlier was drugging Bolt then? But no way. If there's anyone wanting to harm me and Bolt, it's Mrs. Allen, not Dad. Listen, mom only swapped Bolt the other time to protect you. Before I could shape what happened, I saw a burly man covering Judy's mouth and pulling her away. Then a voice whispered in my ear, Only one game left. Just keep your mouth shut and do it properly. If you lose, I can make things very uncomfortable for you and your grandparents. Got it? Now get on the horse. A chill ran down my spine. I felt like I was gonna vomit. How could the caring, kind man I called dad turn out to be such a fraud? The signal of the match rang out. Ugh, what should I do? I couldn't let that wicked man get what he wanted. So, I closed my eyes and stayed put. What do you think you're playing at? Run! Run now! Mr. Allen went crazy and rushed over to me. But right at that moment, the organizer appeared and asked me to take Bolt for a health check. They led Bolt away and brought me and Mr. Allen to the office, where I was shocked to see a frantic-faced Mrs. Allen cuddling Judy. It turns out that Judy had freed her mom from the room Mr. Allen had locked her in. Then she'd come straight here and handed the organizers incriminating paperwork of her husband's corrupt doings. 
Mr. Allen glared at me and shouted, I had to raise you without any benefits just because of her. Now it's your turn to pay me back. Then he immediately charged at me. But Mrs. Allen quickly covered for me and pushed him away. And one of the race organizers restrained him. Don't you dare harm my daughter. Huh? Daughter? Mrs. Allen looked at me with tear-soaked eyes. Sweetie, please give me a chance to explain. I fidgeted the coffee cup in my hand and stared at the ground while Mrs. Allen told me her side of the story. Turns out she really is my biological mom. Could you believe that? After my dad passed away, in her vulnerable state, she fell for Mr. Allen's forced charm and fake words. But he soon showed his real face and heartlessly separated me and my mom after they married. That's why she could only secretly send money to our farm under Mr. Allen's name. Mom also recognized me from the beginning, but she didn't say anything as she knew that Mr. Allen adopted me just to get Bolt, a horse that could help him win some shady bettings. If I knew the truth and rebelled against him, he would harm me. I'm so sorry for all these years, especially these past few months. It has been extremely hard for me, having to treat my dear daughter so badly. But that was the only way to push you away from him, from this rotten house. I didn't want you to be in danger, just like how your real dad was when he worked for him. Please forgive me, Matilda. Tears kept rolling down my cheeks. Turned out, I always had a mother protecting me. Mom pulled me in for a tight hug. Mom! I hugged my mother tightly. I really love and miss you. Please forgive me. I looked up to her and smiled. Of course, yes. I'm more than happy to have you back in my life, Mom. And the best sister I could ever wish for, too. Ugh. Another day in this insufferable place. It's lunchtime, and I'm sitting alone at my usual spot in the cafeteria. The buzzing noise of other students fills the air like an obnoxious soundtrack. Great. I take a bite of my mediocre lunch, trying to ignore the stares. You see, I have these, well, crazy eyes. They change color and pattern depending on my emotions, making me a walking mood ring. I guess I'm like a living meme. The mockery of the century. Suddenly, my best friend, Hanako, slides into the seat across from me. This overly enthusiastic girl is the only one who can tolerate my sarcasm. And, well, my eyes. Kazumi, did you see the new meme about the doge to the moon thing? It's hilarious. I roll my eyes. If only they could send me to the moon and away from all this drama. Wow, Hanako. Such meme. Much originality. She giggles and shows me the meme on her phone. I'll admit it's pretty funny, but I'd rather not give her the satisfaction. You know, with your crazy eyes, you could become a meme too. Just think about it. My eyes flicker to a neon green with a lightning bolt pattern. Really, Hanako? As if I need more attention. Oh, I can see it now. Crazy eyes, Kazumi. The internet sensation who puts all other memes to shame. Suddenly, a paper ball hits the side of my head. I glance up to see Yuji smirking from a nearby table. Yuji, the popular guy who loves to make my life miserable. Hey, crazy eyes! Wanna show us some of your tricks? His friends laugh, and my eyes narrow, turning a fiery red with smoke patterns. I clench my fists, trying to hold back my anger. Just ignore them, Kazumi. They're not worth your time. Hanako reaches across the table, giving my hand a reassuring squeeze. Don't let them get to you, Kazumi. 
You're way cooler than them. <sighs> Thanks, Hanako. But sometimes I just wish I was normal. She looks at me with sympathy. I appreciate her concern, but I can't help feeling like a burden. Later, as I walk through the school hallways, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm being watched. I pause, glancing around. Suddenly, I spot a flashy girl with a camera in her hand, quickly snapping a picture of me. Hey, crazy eyes! You're going to be famous soon. I frown, watching her hurry off. Why can't I just be left alone? Great. Another wannabe paparazzo. Can't wait for my inevitable rise to fame. When I reach my locker, I find a note taped to it. Meet me on the rooftop after school. I have something important to tell you. Oh, how original. A rooftop rendezvous. I can't wait to find out who my secret admirer is. My eyes shift to a deep blue with question mark patterns. I can't help but feel a mix of curiosity and annoyance. Just who could this mysterious note lever be? Might as well find out. If nothing else, it'll be a good laugh. The school day drags on, each class more tedious than the last. I can hardly wait for the final bell to ring. As it does, I quickly gather my things and head for the rooftop. The anticipation is killing me. Or maybe it's just indigestion from the cafeteria food. As I open the rooftop door, I'm greeted by a gentle breeze and the sight of Yuto, the quiet guy who's always been somewhat of an enigma to me. My eyes shift to a pale pink with swirls, signaling my surprise and confusion. Hey, Kazumi, I've been waiting for you. Really? You're the one who left the note? What's the catch? <laughs> no catch. I just wanted to talk to you about your eyes. I cross my arms, not entirely convinced by his friendly demeanor. What about them? Are you here to make fun of me too? No, not at all. Actually, I wanted to tell you that I think they're amazing. My eyes widen, turning a bright yellow with star patterns. This was unexpected. Wait, you're serious? You don't think they're freakish? No way! I think your eyes make you unique and special. And I'm not the only one. There's a whole online community who would love to see them. What? Like some kind of crazy eye fetish group? <laughs> no, no! It's a group of people who celebrate unique abilities. Like yours. I think you'd fit right in. I can't help but crack a small smile. Maybe Yuto isn't as bad as I thought, but a part of me is still skeptical. So what? I just start posting pictures of my eyes online and suddenly I'm a star? Why not? You never know what could happen. Embrace your unique ability and show the world what you've got. I look out over the school grounds, thinking about his words. Could I really turn my so-called curse into something positive? The thought is both terrifying and exhilarating. Maybe it's time to stop hiding in the shadows. Let's see if the world is ready for Crazy Eyes Kazumi. With a newfound sense of determination, I look back at Yuto. All right, I'll give it a shot. But if I become a meme, it's on you. We both laugh as we walk back into the school building. My eyes now a kaleidoscope of colors, reflecting my whirlwind of emotions. Little did I know, my life was about to take an unexpected turn. Over the next few weeks, Yuto helps me set up an online presence. We create profiles on various social media platforms and start posting pictures and videos of my eyes in action. It's a strange experience, but also kind of fun. Who knew there were so many hashtags for unique eyes? Slowly but surely, I start to gain followers. People are fascinated by my eyes, leaving comments ranging from amazing to are they even real? Wow, it's like I've discovered a whole new world of validation. My self-esteem has never been higher.
Yuto just laughs and continues to encourage me. He's always there, helping me come up with new ideas and cheering me on. I have to admit, it's nice to have someone in my corner. One day, as we're scrolling through my latest posts, I notice a message from a talent agency. They want to represent me and help me turn my unique eyes into a brand. My eyes flash to a vibrant purple with exclamation points, reflecting my shock and excitement. Is this for real? They want me to become a model or something? Told you your eyes were amazing. This is just the beginning, Kazumi. The world is gonna love you. As much as I want to maintain my sarcastic facade, I can't help but feel a surge of happiness. Maybe my eyes really can bring something positive to my life. Well, I guess it's time to take the world by storm. One crazy-eyed selfie at a time. Together, Yuto and I dive headfirst into the world of modeling, endorsements, and even a TV appearance or two. It's surreal and chaotic, but also incredibly exciting. My life has become a whirlwind of photo shoots, interviews, and autographs. It's like I'm living in some kind of bizarre alternate reality. I went from being the outcast to the star attraction. Through it all, Yuto remains by my side, offering support and guidance. Our friendship grows stronger, and I find myself wondering if there might be something more between us. <sighs> Love and fame. It's like a cliched drama waiting to happen. But as my fame continues to rise, so does the pressure. I struggle to balance school, my personal life, and my newfound career. The constant attention and scrutiny wear on me, and I begin to feel trapped. I wanted to be accepted for my crazy eyes, but now it feels like they're all anyone sees. Is this really what I wanted? As I sit on the rooftop, reflecting on the whirlwind my life has become, Yuto finds me. A concerned look on his face. Kazumi, are you okay? You've been really quiet lately. I look at him, my eyes a stormy gray with raindrop patterns, revealing my inner turmoil. I don't know, Yuto. I thought fame would make me happy, but it just feels... overwhelming. He sits down beside me, offering a comforting presence. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. You've been through a lot. Just remember... You're more than just your crazy eyes. You're Kazumi, and that's what really matters. As his words sink in, my eyes slowly shift to a soft blue with a gentle wave pattern. Maybe there's more to me than just my eyes, and it's time to find out who I really am, beyond the fame and the memes. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera! Right in my room! This couldn't be happening! Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi. My name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other good night, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. 
the pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way? <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's faces changed and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course, the best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and tossed the phone aside. And these are my best friends. I watched the notifications from the shared chat pop on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination. But the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered, we need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready. I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise. Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So 
I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her. They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. A hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show? Like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have, but I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show. And you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly. Don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning over breakfast without getting too emotional. They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends for days now have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? 
I know everything. Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing, feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dare to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on. And then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, they'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago, Mom explained. There's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week. To relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video. I woke up to a loud pop. Frightened, I called out for my boyfriend. Tom? Tom! But Tom wasn't there, so I had to find out what had happened. I cautiously looked through the window. I saw my boyfriend coming down the drain pipe, and some girl was loading bags into it. One of the bags burst, and our family jewels scattered all over the pavement. You can't imagine how shocked I was. Tom, what's going on? I yelled. The guy, meanwhile, jumped to the ground, walked over to the girl, and kissed her defiantly. Then he shouted, I used you to steal your family's money. The whole world came crashing down at the same moment. Tears rolled down my face. Stop, you probably don't know what's going on at all, do you? Let me start from the beginning. My name's Lissa. My parents own a huge factory and we're rich, very rich. 
How did I meet Tom? And why didn't I realize right away that he was pretending to steal our mansion? One day, I was walking through the mall with my friend Lily. We walked from store to store until we reached the most expensive boutique in town. The name spoke for itself. Luxury. Once inside, we immediately noticed the stunning shoes. Gold color, decorated with rhinestones. Unbelievable. The price was not significant. $200,000. But I fell in love with them at first sight. So without thinking twice, I took the shoes to the checkout counter. I was greeted there by a guy with the name Tom on his badge. Did you see the price? He asked in surprise. Yes, 200000 Here's the credit card. Tom almost dropped his jaw as he processed my purchase. He packed my shoes very carefully, and Lily and I headed for the exit. Suddenly, Tom called out to us in an uncertain voice. Excuse me, I'm going to finish soon. Would you like to have some coffee? Lily and I looked at each other, and then, without even turning around, we laughed out loud. We found the idea of going out for coffee with an ordinary salesman hilarious. My friend and I said goodbye in the parking lot. As I was driving down the highway, in my rearview mirror, I noticed a suspicious car that seemed to be following me. Even pulling into the grounds of my mansion, I saw the same car drive by slowly. Maybe it was just a coincidence, and he was on his way. I walked into the house, a huge mansion on the outskirts of town. Already in the bedroom, I unpacked my purchase. I twirled in the shoes in front of the mirror for a while. Very beautiful. I wish I could have gone to school in them and wowed everyone. Even though my family was one of the richest in town, I still had to go to an ordinary school with children from poor families. Unfortunately, there were no other schools in the area. Oh, what a contingent it was. For example, the next day while I was walking down the hall, some nitwit shoved me, which caused the books I was carrying to scatter all over the floor. What a jerk. I gritted through my teeth. I agree. Someone handed me one of the books. I looked up and saw the cashier from the store. Tony? I asked in surprise. Tom, actually. Actually, I don't care. I'm new here. Can you show me around the school? I laughed out loud without another word, carried on with my business. At the end of the day, there was a nasty surprise waiting for me in the parking lot. One of my tires was flat. Oh, crap. Wow, that looks like a serious puncture. Tom whistled. It was like he'd appeared out of thin air. I was not in the mood and barked, Piss off! Okay, just wanted to help you with changing the tire. Wait! <sighs> I sighed heavily. The spares in the trunk. Tom jacked the car up and replaced the tire. He did it easily, like he'd been doing it since he was a kid. When he was done, the guy asked me, how about a cup of coffee now? Just for a little while? I only said yes because he helped me. Tom nodded and jumped in the car. We drove to a coffee shop nearby. At first, Tom struck me as very chatty, but I had to admit, his stories were very funny. One of them made me laugh so hard, I even got coffee coming out of my nose. After the cafe, I volunteered to give Tom a ride home, but he politely declined. I shook my hands, started the car, and drove off. I could forget about the meeting, but at dinner, I accidentally spilled grape juice on the white tablecloth, and in the red stain spreading across the table, 
I suddenly saw Tom's face. There were his cheekbones, his forehead, his funny ears. I admired the stain and sighed languidly. My mother's voice brought me back to reality. Maybe you can help me take off the tablecloth. Okay, mom. I spent the rest of the evening cleaning the stain and thinking about Tom. This had never happened to me before. I think I'm in love. When I met Lily at school the next day, I told her everything. My friend frowned. That Tom came out of nowhere. Don't you think that's weird? You're right. I should have gotten some information about him. Lily was worried about me. She was my best friend, and she was the only one who could deal with my hot temper. And what was our surprise? When we met Tom again outside the school, in his hand, he held a glass of coffee. Here, your favorite, with almond syrup, I remembered. The guy winked. Oh, thanks, but Lily and I have to run. I grabbed a glass, and my friend and I quickly left. I needed a break to find out who this Tom really was. So at night, I planned to check all social media and find out more about him, but not until after the gym, which I did every Wednesday. I stayed a little longer than usual that day. So, I had to walk through the dark parking lot to get to my car. Just when I was opening the door, I heard a whistle. When I turned around, I saw the figure of a huge boogeyman emerge from the semi-darkness. He muttered, Beautiful car. Must be expensive. His stone gave me a good scare. I wanted to run away, but my legs stopped responding. I'll call the police. But it wasn't so easy to scare the man. He had already stretched out his arms to grab me. I squeezed my eyes shut with fear. But a few seconds passed and nothing happened. I cautiously opened my eyes and saw Tom. Next to the guy was the defeated boogeyman lying on the pavement. He was shaking his fist and screaming in pain. Come on, let's get out of here, shouted my savior. You, you saved me, I whispered. Tom put me in the passenger seat and he jumped behind the wheel. The car screeched out of the parking lot. I told Tom the address of my house. When we pulled up outside the mansion, the guy exclaimed, Wow, this house is huge. While he admired the mansion, I admired him. It was great that he'd saved me and brought me home unharmed. Tom started to say something, but I didn't listen. I clung to my savior and kissed him. Tom hugged me and we kissed for a few more minutes. However, it was time to say goodbye. At home, I couldn't stop thinking about my Prince Charming, and I fell asleep with a smile on my lips. So, did you find out who Tom really is? Lily asked me the next morning. Yes, he's my hero, my savior. My friend was confused when she heard me say that, but I didn't have time to go into details. I wanted to see Tom as soon as possible. So, I invited him over to my house for dinner. Come over tonight, and I'll show you around the mansion. I'm sorry, but I'm not ready to meet your parents yet. He hesitated. Don't worry, they're gone for the weekend. Tom closed his locker, smiled, and nodded. In the evening, I met him on the doorstep, and we had a real tour of my house. We visited almost every room. But for some reason, that study interested him the most. He was looking around with a keen eye. He was especially interested in my dad's safe. Tom kept looking at it and then suddenly started asking strange questions. When did your mom and dad meet? When were you born? And your parents? I was glad that Tom wanted to know more about me and my family, so I gladly answered all of his questions. After the tour, 
I invited the boy over to the table. We ate and chatted happily, and then Tom poured me my favorite grape juice. I was extraordinarily lucky to meet you here to our meeting, and you. Bottoms up. Wonderful toast, Tom. We clinked glasses, and I drank the juice. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was Lily. I had to leave the table, go up to my room, and answer it. My friend was really hysterical. She was screaming. I checked it out. Tom the burglar. No way. I couldn't hear another word. My ears were ringing. My eyes were getting blurry, and my legs buckled, and I fell down. The last thing I remembered was Tom's sly smile, and the rest you already know. When I woke up, my head was literally pounding. Of course, the creep had put something in my glass. Tom had bagged everything he could find, and now he was about to flee the scene of the crime with his girlfriend. I used you to steal your family's money. I felt so sorry for myself, but wanting to rip that bastard to shreds helped me pull myself together. Meanwhile, Tom and his girlfriend jumped in the car. I ran to my dad's office. The safe was open, and there were bills scattered around. So that's why Tom was asking all those questions. He wanted the password to the safe, and apparently, he had succeeded. I rushed downstairs to the main entrance. I opened the doors and saw Tom's car heading for the gate. Well, I'd have to give chase. I wouldn't want to give up everything that belonged to my family that easily. But the tire of my car was flat again. It was in the same place it had been in the parking lot. Now I knew. Tom had a whole plan to lure me into his web. He slashed my tire outside the school, and that bouncer didn't just show up at the gym. Tom had sent him too. That bastard had to do everything he could to get me to like him. Well, he succeeded. He had me wrapped around his finger so easily. I ran out into the road in a panic. But all I had to do was to watch the crooks car leave the grounds of the mansion. Exhausted, I sat down on the pavement and wept bitterly. Suddenly, the sound of a police siren was heard somewhere nearby. This was my last chance to set things right. As I ran out the gate, I saw Tom and his girlfriend being detained by the police. Standing next to the police car was my Lily. My friend rushed toward me. Are you okay? I am now. Did you call the cops? Yes, right after the call. We hugged. I was so grateful to Lily for being there for me. You're lucky. The robber took a long time with the safe and didn't have time to get away, said the policeman who came up to us. Thank you, officer. I walked over to the patrol car. Tom was sitting in the back seat, handcuffed. He looked at me with eyes full of hate. I smiled and waved. The police left, and Lily and I went back to my place to celebrate my rescue. By the way, that story had taught me something. After I'd almost lost everything, I realized that I was worthless on my own. So it's time for me to change. I'm learning to be kinder and better, and Lily's helping me do that. What life events made you change? It would be great if you could tell me your story in the comments. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Bye!